Hello, everyone. Welcome to Like Trees Walking, the podcast where yours truly, David Paul Berge, and the other truly, Michael J. Nelson. I'm here. Oh, that's great. It's, I'm glad you're here. We're in your basement, so it'd be weird if I was here by myself. Uh, that would be weird. What would I do? How would we handle that, <laughs> that social walked. oddity if I just came into my basement and you, unannounced, were in my basement? You'd have to assume that like Bridget had let me in or like somehow you had missed, uh, we had been scheduled for me to be here and you had missed it, so she had sent me downstairs with a, a plate of cheese and crackers. I would assume nothing nefarious, but yeah. there would be in the back of my mind, I'd be, what's with that guy? Is he Can here? I trust him? Can I, who, how much do I really know, pastor, air quotes around it, Dave <laughs> wow. Berge? That's what would probably occur to me. It's good to know that. And uh, Yeah, but carry on. I'm sorry. I'm doing a little producing thing here. So Dave is uh, subbing in to do the... I'm the, doing the intro that Mike... cheerful intro. Is. Yes. And, and then it took a dark turn. So let's turn it back to cheerfulness again, especially given the topic. It, I know. This is, this is as you're listening topic. to this, this is our, our the Christmas episode for the Christmas season. So we want to bring you mirth and uh, not Mithra, but mirth and cheer uh, this time of year. This is the podcast where we talk about the big issues of theology, philosophy, and culture. We do it from a Christian perspective. We take it seriously, but not ourselves. Um, we get real. We keep it real. We have fun. We have joy. We have fun. We have seasons <laughs> in the sun. Again, you're not old enough to know that. I like that you, it seemed like you were veering towards with our catchphrase of, we take it seriously so you don't have to. Which oh, I, I think like would that. Be... <laughs> That's not a bad catchphrase. Yeah. Uh, it's a good variation on it. Uh, but what do we, we have the, so we have a serious topic today. We do. And, and we're, we're doing, it's a very, very special episode, I think. It's timely and evergreen. Yes. Uh, an important subject. And I would venture to say that although the second half will be fun, it is very important as well. We are going to figure out on this podcast, the worst Christmas song of all time. And you're going to help us in That's, that endeavor. I know so. that without even listening to them. It's <laughs> well, the dogs to... barking jingle bells. <laughs> or is it the best? Uh, well, that is t- to be d- TBD. TBD. So we'll see. Okay. Uh, but for our main topic, um, this is uh, we have a bit of audio for this. Do you want to intro the audio, or should we just like... Go in and, uh, I mean, you can explain where the audio comes yeah, from. Yeah, so I'll intro the audio. And the audio itself is indicative of a phenomenon. So it's not just limited to this. But you might be, you know, as people do, as as one is, is apt to do, you will be on the internets at some point. And maybe some, you know, snarky skeptic or uh, new atheist type person in your life posts a meme. And on this meme, it has... Usually, like a st- a picture of Horus and a picture of Mithras, and it's like, hey, this b- born of a virgin on December twenty fifth died and rose again, worshipped as a god by followers. Oop, looks like that's where the Christians got mm-hmm. their Jesus story from. And so uh, you'll see this meme, and and the uh, BBC version of this meme is uh, there's some show called QI. I don't know what that stands for, but it's some BBC Four show or something probably. And Stephen Fry, uh, who is an actor, an actor most famous for, I he's been in a lot of stuff. I remember him as, uh, he was a journalist in V for Vendetta, who got oh murdered or something. His career goes far back. I know, but that's what I remember him <laughs> he was He was from. half of a duo called Fry and Laurie. You will recognize Laurie. That's a truck. Uh, no. Oh. Uh, I thought that was a, a British truck. 
No, Laurie is the guy who plays House. Uh, what's oh, his, House. What's his first Hugh, name? Hugh, Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie. They were a comedy duo that had a long running. Uh, were they in, funny? Yeah. Yeah, a much beloved TV show. And then they did a very, very good version of the Jeeves and Woosters for the BBC. Oh, didn't we talk about Jeeves and Woosters? Or you have... I'm a big fan. Don't you have a picture of Jeeves in the house? I do. It's uh, it's upstairs above a little a, a bar. We've talked, we, have. we have talked about because I said, what's that picture? And you've gone, well, let me tell you about Jeeves and Woosters. Did, did I, was I that condescending? Come no. on now. That's no. not a good impression <laughs> of me. Very... I don't do a lot of... Well. <laughs> <laughs> Did I drop my monocle? <laughs> and you, into and my you, you, you curled your mustache. Oh, I harumphed at you. And, oh, uh, Wooster and G. Yeah. So anyway, that's who he is, and he's a uh, he's a, a man about town. He's a gadfly. He's sort of the the modern Oscar Wilde, who I believe he's probably played about fifty different I'm, times. I'm sure. <laughs> yes, they share many things in common, and uh, he is a he's a famous. He's he kind of comes from this. Uh, there's a particularly British, um, seems like, line of comedians. Ricky Gervais would be one of them, right? These <laughs> yeah, these yeah. very saucy, um, skeptical comedian, you know, witty British comedians, sort of laughing at the foolish religious people. Um, yeah, we called uh, Ricky Gervais in a, uh, a recent live show former comedian Ricky Gervais. <laughs> he seems to be <laughs> devoting most of his time to uh, atheism at this point, which is not. It's it's many times not as as funny. Not that one can't be. Well, he just becomes, yeah, he becomes strident. I think even people who are giant fans of his uh, say, lay off the, lay, lay off that stuff. And I think Stephen Fry is at least a little more winsome in his, yeah. uh, in his atheism and skepticism or whatever he professes. I don't even know what it, what it is. What about George Carlin? Where does, it, <laughs> is that funny? I mean, because I've heard yeah, that, you know. He's very strident. Yeah, that didn't see. why was that popular? I don't know. That little I, don't know. I think it's just a little bit. It's like the the beginnings of Clapter, maybe you know, because Carlin was doing it early on. Yeah, that sort of woohoo! Yeah, we agree with you. We're not. We're <laughs> laughing because we're, we agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> we're not dumb. Yeah, yeah that, not that it was really it's funny. Not funny or groundbreaking. It's just yeah, you're saying it. You're poking a thumb in the eye. Yeah. So Stephen Fry is not. He's he's very cheeky about it, as you'll hear in this in this clip from a, a the QI. Uh, Christmas special that they did, but he he's he pokes fun at the Christmas story itself. And so, Mike, uh, are you ready to roll tape? Yeah, this is slightly edited, uh, so it's uh, it, I think it'll be a little more understood. Yeah, I, I cut out basically. I cut out the things where they were trying to be funny. To be fair, there were jokes in here, but <laughs> but just for brevity, I took them out. It's a midwinter solstice. It's a pagan festival that's been appropriated by Christianity. There is a great deal of truth in that. I'll get the points back. <laughs> we'll certainly get some back. It was indeed, there's a Teutonic, Celtic and pagan view that if you survived the winter solstice on the 21st of December, you have a feast to celebrate. But also, there was the Roman god. Was it Saturnalia? Was there was the Saturnalia, was also at that time of year, but there was Mithras. Just the two of them were there? Well... <laughs> There are amazing things claimed about Mithras, and I'll read you some of them. He was a saviour, Mithras, sent to earth to live as a mortal, through whom it was possible for sinners to be reborn into immortal life. He died for our sins, but came back to life the following Sunday. He was born of a virgin on December the 25th in a manger, or perhaps a cave, attended by shepherds, and became known as the light of the world. He had 12 disciples with whom he shared a last meal before dying. His devotees symbolically consumed the flesh and blood of him. Because Mithras was a sun god, he was worshipped on Sundays. Is he a tribute band? 
He's often depicted with a halo around his head. I love one joke. And Mithraists gave each other <laughs> gifts on December the 25th. The leader of the religion was called a papa, and their HQ was on Vatican Hill in Rome. A lot of Christian uh, scholars have since been very angry at some of this research which came out in 1903 about Mithraists, and they claim it's nonsense. There are dozens of religions in world mythology that have had visits by wise men, kings who've killed children to stop the new king being born. There's a great deal in Christianity that is traditional. And however wonderful people think the story is, it's frankly not original. Wow. Merry oh. Christmas, everyone. <laughs> I, I like like he's a, a very high tone British guy. The the other guy, did you? He was. Uh, I watched the clip. He was. Uh, he looked to be a comedian type. He was the second most British man in the world. Was there just the two of them then? Fading it was Britishness in a way that's all made of it. But I don't know who that guy was. But, Me neither. Uh, he was the one cracking jokes. Different guy. Yes. So what say you to that? Well, I say. Um, Folks, take out, throw, take your Christmas trees, throw them outside. You don't have to buy presents for anyone, because it's all a pack of a bed of lies. The oh. whole Christmas thing. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm can't wait to share. I can't wait to drop this truth bomb on my congregation, as I, you know, no. Okay. Well, so, how about a? Uh, uh, they often encourage at Thanksgiving time at least those um, talking point sheets to, <laughs> so you can. <laughs> Annoy your family. Oh yeah, how to annoy? That would your be family. a good thing at uh, Christmas. Is just bring up, uh, bring up that troll your uh, troll your grandma. Yeah, you know, your beloved silly great granny. aunt. Yeah. Oh, I just. Oh, well. Okay, I don't know what I did. I cut out, and now I'm back. Oh, you cut out yourself? I yeah, I cut myself out somehow. Anyway, oh, I thought you just dropped your iPad. No, I didn't. A, wow. No, no. Okay, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. So okay. Everything's good. So, anyways, man, there's a lot being said there, but the um. As a, as a pastor, and you might hear this, and you know, maybe, yeah, whoever annoying person who would share this QI type of, uh, this meme list of how the Christmas story is all bunk, and it's all borrowed from these other pagan things, and you silly fool, and it's, you know, it, it's not very original, you know, it's just, it's sort of... Whatever you think of the story, it's not very original. It's not original, it's sort of, a, sort of a shabby facsimile, if you will. Just a mishmash, a stew of other stories. <laughs> I feel like now we're sounding more like Thurston Howell the yes. third. We're there is a crossover that. there. It's that mid-Atlantic accent. <laughs> you lock your jaw up very tight. But um, all that to say is it's a complete load of garbage, that entire line. Everything he says, oh, it's been, this was brought out in 1903, and Christians weren't very happy about it. Okay, uh, it's a, all of these claims, basically, verbatim, were, were not there um some intern at the BBC found this book that came out uh, in 1999, actually, that made great hay of um, this source work that came out in 1903, uh, and which has basically largely been, um, well, almost entirely, largely, as I'm putting it nicely, it's entirely been rubbished uh, <laughs> since that time. So it's a, it's a repetition of a bunch of garbage that Stephen Fry didn't look into. Let's just take, uh, we'll sort of go down the list a little bit, but yes. one of them is the date of Christmas, December 25th. Why do we celebrate Christmas on December 25th when no one really claims exactly that it's Jesus's birthday? Well, because uh, there was the solstice, which is December 21st, so add four days. And that, to me, has never been clear, that connection between the winter solstice exactly Mm -hmm. and December 25th for the celebration. So it must be some day where the birth of Mithras was celebrated. There's no evidence for that. In fact, we know why Christians picked December 25th as the day to celebrate it. So they were um, 
there was a venerable old tradition that said that the day that great people, great men, basically, of history, that they, the day that they died was the exact same day that, that they were born. You know, because they were a little fast and loose with people's birth dates right. back in the yeah, day. Yeah, that wasn't a big concern. No, but it would say, like, you know what? So if you knew when they died, then you could say, ah, they were born on that day. Well, the Christian sort of twist on that was they, they knew when Jesus died on the Jewish calendar when you read the Gospels, because it's, mm. you know, it's right in line right. with the Passover feast. So figuring that out on a calendar was pretty easy for the early Christians. They sort of made their best guess as the date as to when Jesus died. And so they said, well, and in lining that up with the Jewish calendar, it would have been on the 25th of March in whatever year that that Jesus died. And so they said, well, you know, he wasn't born on that same day, but that was the same day that the angel came to Mary and announced that she would conceive and bear a child. So the date of the Annunciation was the same day as Jesus' death. So March 25th. And since um, we know how long it takes babies to gestate, Mm -hmm. nine months. So you add nine months to March 25th. And what do you get, Michael? Uh, December the 25th? Exactly. So the reason Christians celebrate um, <laughs> celebrate Christmas on December 25th and have, and, and have so um, since the very earliest years of, of uh, Christianity is because it's related to Jesus' death, Good Friday. It has absolutely nothing to do with the winter solstice or any other pagan festival that may or may not have been celebrated at a similar time of year. So there's not even any evidence that, as I have heard, again, this is not this is hearsay, mere hearsay, that it, it was picked in part to uh, sort of uh, take over those pagan holidays in order to convert people who may use that as a celebration. That might have been a happy, you know, sort of a happy accident or whatever, but yeah. that wasn't the chief or primary motivation behind it. Not not from what I can tell. We, we don't have a, a book with the action items in it that say, let's put it on a date where we can recruit <laughs> pagans, right? There's nothing like that. No, there is okay. no, there right. there is nothing like that. It just so happened to, uh, it just so happened to to work out that way. Okay. Um, so, so that December twenty fifth, as some Christian appropriation of a Mithraic holiday, uh, and Mithra, just so we're clear, I've used that a few times, uh, is a is a kind of obscure. There was a mystery cult. So in the Roman world, there were these mystery religions. They were sort of these esoteric groups of people who. Um, would gather with these secret rituals and secret knowledge that they would pass on to one another, and and they were pretty popular. If I were trying to kind of equate it to something, it would sort of be like the popularity of seances or spiritualism or the occult amongst kind of elite, you know, circles in America and Great Britain around the turn, you know, from the 19th to the 20th century. Right, yeah. Um, Sort of this, like, titillating fascination with sort of this esoterica or whatever. And so... um, Mithra was this god from Persia, from the east, that somehow came into—Romans were great at sort of copying other people's religion. I mean, you could see they're not very original with their own yeah. um, their own <laughs> right. pantheon. You know, just take a Greek one, slap a new name, and we're good to go. Yeah. Uh, and so Mithra came from the east, and so uh, there was a cult of Mithra, although exactly when and where and what they believed, all of the evidence that's available for it— um, is in the in the post-Christian era, and so there's no good like when it comes to sort of copying of stuff. Uh, there, I mean, there's no there's not many documented similarities, and 
like what influence what and what's more likely to have influenced what when you have, you know, something 300 down the years of the road from Christianity, which is becoming increasingly popular um, in, in the empire in its first century. So there's that problem, too. So there's some, uh, there's evidence of him existing or, or yes. at least people, but but it's scant until post-Christian era when it starts to coalesce or... Exactly. To, yeah. You don't see any so, similarities okay. till so after the Christian big, era. That's a big problem. For exactly. That. Just on its face, that's a problem. So, but uh, let's just take, uh, you know, I think, some of the, the most salient points in terms of Christ, the, the Christmas story is that Mithras was born of a virgin in a, in a cave or in a manger, and mm-hmm. there were shepherds, uh, you know, keeping watch. Okay, that is uh, completely false. There's absolutely <laughs> no evidence for that. Now, you could say that Mithras was born of a virgin, if uh, Mithras in the Mithras mythology emerged from a rock. So we can assume that this was a virgin rock, that this rock <laughs> had never had sex with another rock. And so um, when Mithras emerged from this rock, I guess you could say. Yes, yeah, we don't call <laughs> rocks by that, but if you're really, really stretching the That point. rock needs to get laid. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh pastor. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and when you say it was attended to by shepherds, that would be very close um, if it was indeed shepherds. But it was uh, uh, it was actually uh, a couple snakes that were attending to Mithras' emergence from this rock. So snakes, shepherd, they both start with S. Oh, but the the staff, the snake, and the staff of Moses. Maybe that's where they got it from. Oh, that's so great. it's like shepherd to shepherd. I just yeah, there it is. That's a great. That's a great. Uh, <laughs> that's a great. The connection is clear to me. I don't know. And also, when Mithras emerged from this rock, it was as a fully grown adult figure, not as a baby, you know, lying in a manger. And there's no evidence that it was a cave. And in the Chris, in the Christian story, uh, there's no mention whatsoever about Jesus being born in a cave. That was later artistic uh, descriptions of of uh, him being born. Oh, but. Mithras was then this great wandering and traveling teacher uh, who, you know, taught his religious philosophy. Absolutely mm-hmm. no evidence for that. And in fact, what, what Mithras was, was a god whose basic job was to ensure that people kept treaties or contracts. Wow. So Mithras was about <laughs> contract law, actually, really, originally. <laughs> Sort of a divine sanction for contract law. Well, that's a, you know, I'd be willing to follow him if he was good. I don't know. <laughs> Everybody t- needs it at some point, need a contract law. Had 12, uh, 12 disciples or apostles. Uh, there's no evidence for that. This is based, I think, on one cave painting where Mithras is doing something on a wall and there are 12 human heads around it looking at it. Right, right. I looked at, at that. I looked very briefly at a... Uh, you know, just for these points, and one of them said that that was also possibly post-Christian as yep. well. So that could be working the other way. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, there were, um, uh, oh, that Mithras uh, sacrificed himself for the salvation of the world. Uh, also not true. He sacrificed a bull. <laughs> so he was not a bull himself, so he sacrificed a bull. I don't think it had anything to do with... Uh, with the uh, salvation uh, of of the world, it wasn't about world peace or atonement. Uh, buried in a tomb, and after three days, rose again. Uh, man, that sounds just like Easter. That sounds it? identical. Uh, there's no evidence for that. There's no evidence of Mithras ever dying or being buried, and henceforth of ever being resurrected again. So, well, all right. 
How many more points we got? I got one more. Just, right, the, the last one, which was so stupid, which was the the leader was called Il Papa, which is where Pope comes from. So basically yeah. saying like the Roman cult of Mithra was like, uh, people don't believe this anymore. Let's take this Jesus thing. And, and so the pagan Mithraic cult became basically the holy uh, Roman Catholic Church. And this is just a way of uh, people in all sorts of groups, religious and otherwise, back then referred to each other as brother um, and in fact, yeah. in, and sister, but not in the Mithraic cult, because as far as we can tell, it was completely closed to women participating in it, right. uh, unlike early Christianity, um, in diametric opposition to early Christianity, which uh, included many, many women. And so that point itself is just completely, it's just dumb. It's not even worth mentioning. So it's all a load of crap. Yes, it is a complete and utter total load of crap and garbage and bull. And it was one woman's, this one woman's book, who she wrote it in 1999. She asserted these claims um, without evidence. And then those were picked up by the cheeky folks at the BBC. Those talking points were handed to Stephen Fry. And he <laughs> made great hay of them on his QI Christmas special and repeated them as fact, even though they're complete garbage. And they continue to live on. As thanks. memes and, you know, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, here's my, here's a question about that. Let's say, let's grant that every one of those things was in some sense true. Let's say they were all getting closer to, you know, let's say there, was a, there were a ton of similarities. I would still say, so what? Because the way that Christianity, what it is, is in kind different from, uh, from this religion. In, in other words, this is not a historical person, this God, right? No. He was sort of picked out of an ancient mystic religion as something to sort of fascinate on. And then, you know what I mean? So I, I don't, like, how would it work? Would, would, so did Jesus, who was a historical figure, would he have, like, I'm going to act exactly like this guy, and everyone's going to buy it? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, how would that work? It, how would they turn that into... So let's say everyone involved with Christianity knew this story and it was well known, and then they all just like played the parts and pretended. Like, I, do you they, know what I'm saying? How would it transfer to Christianity being the religion that it was? I, I guess they would have to say that basically, maybe there was someone like a wonder worker from Palestine named Jesus. That's about it, and everything else was just totally made up. Yeah, completely. I mean, Whole that's, that's what you'd have to do. You'd have to say that everything else about it is just false, and someone wrote this book and planted it and fooled all these people into believing it. I mean, you'd have to—there's a pretty big conspiracy that still goes on, even if every point on this thing were accurate yes. in some sense. Yeah, so it's—yeah, that it's—and that, the similarities themselves, like uh, Mithras did miracles and Jesus did, but well, okay, like— yeah. Every <laughs> 12 disciples, oh, okay, I, you know. Or the, you know, promised uh, some sort of salvation or immortality to his, you know, that these are, these are things that religious people do, right? Like, teach and <laughs> yes. save and heal and perform miracles. So only at the most superficial level, I mean, if someone were to, in you know, the year 4000 goes, uh, they, were, they told this story about a boy with mysterious powers in the desert who taught people about the ways of this force that binds everything <laughs> together, and he needed to defeat the powers of evil that controlled the universe. Star Wars? Like, yeah. like the Christians just made up, uh, they just watched Star Wars and applied this to this person, Jesus. Well, heck, I could uh, 
find the guy on the street corner who pushes a bag of rags and cans and screams. He, he there's a lot of similarities. <laughs> He thinks he's got the key to salvation. Yes. He's got a bunch of guys that hang around under the same overpass with him. That are, I think there's like 12 of them. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's Isn't just, that it's a absurd. coincidence? Yeah. yeah. So this is uh, sheer idiocy. It is. and this, this is flying spaghetti monster level of just childishness, I think. I, I would agree. It's not even where I, you know, no self-respecting. And, and the, where I found this actually was through this uh, uh, website, History for Atheists. So, and this is a guy basically saying like, he himself is is not a believer, and he's saying well, this is so sloppy. It's garbage. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. So this is not some. So he's like warning off even the. Come on, strident atheists. Exactly. He's saying <laughs> stick we, to the script. He's here. saying if we're strict rationalists and we are going to follow the evidence where it leads, the evidence for some dependent relation that Christianity basically is a is a just a plagiarism um, with Jesus of and as opposed to Mithras. He's like, there's no, absolutely no evidence uh, for us to be doing that. So, gonna have to find a, gonna have to find a, a, a different way to ruin Christmas for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, keep pumping out those memes to to one another because nobody else is paying any attention to them. They're they're pretty dumb. But yeah, if you if you see one of those, rest assured, it's just complete and utter trash so we can take out the figgy pudding and the holly and celebrate with a we we won't go until we get some (laughs) i love that threat you ever had figgy pudding i haven't i i i looked it up the other day because um that that verse was stuck in my head um we won't go until we get some too was the other one yeah that's uh, that's Halloween level, uh, you know, trick or treat kind of stuff. Like, all right, all right, just take the candy and leave. Just leave me alone. But I believe fi- figgy pudding is just something wrapped in a cloth and boiled, and you know, figs and flour and stuff like that. Oh. The British they love to put stuff in bags and boil it. That's all a pudding is, and it can either be savory or sweet, and uh, you know, it could be suet and stuff like that. Mm. Which is that's what I that's believe. That's fat, right? Yeah, yeah, like the 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 low quality fat, the stuff that sort of coats your mouth, you know, when yeah. you eat it and yeah. drink a glass of, of water or something. You know, yeah, so <laughs> delightful, <laughs> delightful. Anyway, however you celebrate Christmas, do it with gusto, is what you're saying, because we can we can have faith that this is an actual thing. Exactly. That's that's my Christmas gift to you and yours. Great. All right. Well, we'll take a little break and then. We will solve one of the greatest mysteries of the modern age, even greater than who is Mithras, and that is, what is the worst Christmas song? Uh, We'll be back to figure that out right after this message from Pastor Dave. Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Dave. Thank you so much for listening to this, our Christmas special. And if you want to give... Me and Michael J. Nelson, a Christmas gift this year. Well, it would be so easy. If you could rate us and review us on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, that would be most helpful. We are up to 41 five-star reviews. That's great. We've cracked that barrier, but we could still use more um, more reviews, and we will keep this good stuff coming. Of course, you can find us on the Internet. Um, on Twitter, it's at David underscore Berge or at Michael J. Nelson or at LTW Pod. Uh, we also have a Facebook page that you can like. And these are all just channels. We don't necessarily use them all frequently, but when big important news comes out, uh, we will we will send it through those channels to you first. We, we have a possible live show um, in the books for the spring so that we're very excited about that we will share that way. And you can also go to LightTreesWalkingPod.com. 
all the other episodes are there. You can subscribe to our email um, newsletter. And uh, yeah, thank you. Keep uh, keep listening. Keep sharing. And uh, we 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 love you, our audience. Merry Christmas. Okay, we're back. We wish you a merry Mithras. We wish you a merry. <laughs> what did the, what did he look like, Mithras? I'm kind of get. That's a good question. I have a follow-up question, too. Okay. Uh, I'm going to quickly open. uh, I'll ask my follow-up while you look uh, for a picture of him. But uh, I just wonder, you know the the, uh, Lord of the Rings universe, Mithril, is uh, uh, the silver substance pulled out of the rock. Oh, really? Yeah. It just occurred to me that maybe uh, that was some weird nod to that, because he would have known all those... uh, those gods. Oh, Tolkien. So. Yeah, Tolkien knew his mythology. Uh, Mithras, when I'm looking at the inscriptions or reliefs, um, <laughs> kind of a bit of a chubby fellow. Chubster, huh? No, uh, kind of curly, curly, uh, chin-length hair, naked, uh, totally naked, all out there, you know, all of it. Sure. Yeah. Is he... No, look, I won't ask that question. Um, <laughs> is, he made, <laughs> is he made of rock? I mean, is there any... He just kind of sprang from he the rock. He sprang from the rock, yeah. So he's springing out of the rock. He's got like a, looks like a bundle of wheat or maybe a torch and a, and a, and a sword or a blade in one hand. I don't I've know. heard in a book that I read about him that he sprang out of the rock. And like Frosty the Snowman, he said, Merry, no, Happy Birthday, right? Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah. Happy Birthday. That's a terrible Christmas show, by the way. The Frosty the Snowman one? Yeah, that one just... I, uh, that's a weird story. Is, I don't know how that became a is classic. Is Burl Ives Frosty no, the Snowman? No, he's uh, Burl Ives, who's a a chubby folk singer who looks like sort of a chubby Colonel Sanders. Yeah. He was the snowman in the Rudolph et al., in the Rudolph verse. Which is one of the great... Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is one of the great Christmas TV specials of all time. Well, I'll give you that one way more than Frosty the Snowman. Right? I mean, Frosty's a, a magician who steals... It's just... I, I'm and the a, magician's really strange and annoying, and the snowman's not much better. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know that I've ever watched the Frosty special. I think its popularity has faded, so that, that would make sense. It, it was to, When I was a kid, it was just a staple. They must have got it for a song or something, so they just played it all the time. But man, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, so great. Yukon Cornelius, the Bumble! That's what he calls the abominable snowman, the Bumble. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't get there with Boo-wee, you. My nose. Boo-wee. And that noise it makes. You just had a crush on Clarice, right? She was. Was she that the was, was that the reindeer or the girl? Like the girl rain member? Oh, Frosty. I don't know. I better be careful. Well, I'm I just talking about wanna... when you were a kid. Okay, but I just don't want you to accuse me of having a crush on a reindeer. I think you're talking about the girl that the... No, I'm talking about the, the reindeer. The... No. no. I did not have a crush on a reindeer. It was a joke, you see? Part of what we do on this show. <laughs> All right, look, we're in the weeds again. Was there a girl? Um, did the dentist guy have a crush on a girl or no? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Herbie? Herbie. By the way, I knew a guy who we called Herbie. He, looked, he had the hair. <laughs> he had kind of a nerdy voice. And he was okay with being called Herbie, which I thought was... Anyway, uh, he was not a powerful masculine figure in my life, as you can well imagine. But that's neither here nor there. Look... It's time to rate the worst Christmas song of all time. 
And I have a, a menu here for him. So I thought we'd just go through. And so we're, we're not going to... Gonna... Go we're going to comment? How do, I, how do we make our yeah, determination? Yeah, we're going to... You're going to have an instant reaction, because I assume you're going to know all of these. Um, I and hope I, so. I assume that you'll agree with me on them all, but that could be a point of contention as well. So I'm going to start with... Uh, I'm going to start with an easy one. I, I think we can all agree on, uh, on this one right here. Um, I've never met a human being who is happy to be greeted by this song. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Only a hippopotamus. Am, am I wrong? You're not, this is horrible. This is not a song. You, you've heard it. Oh, yeah. If she's a 10-year-old girl. Listen to that voice. Oh, it's it's like cut to the bone. It's just awful. It's like what I picture someone in like 1910 singing like, you know? Yeah, and you see the video of her. She did it for a TV show or something, and it's she's got that sort of overly super happy. It's just, oh, cloying garbage. Oh, okay, so we agree. That's pretty that bad. That is horrible. So that's a good bar to start with. Okay, then I'm going go to uh, I'm gonna go to modernity to sort of mix it up a little bit. How do we feel about this one? Here we go. I want. Oh. <laughs> uh, Bridget told me, my wife told me that this is there's some new game being played that people hate this so much that there's like a you have to get out of the store before it ends up before the song ends or something and like I don't know. Well, uh, Wham. This is Wham, right? This or is, is this is Wham. Okay, yeah. it's not just George Michael solo. This is uh, pre, yeah, him cleaving the band uh, in two. This is one of the great modern uh, Christmas songs. So that is on your. That's I, on my. That, I like it list. That's on all. Pl- that's definitely on my Christmas playlist. Oh man, I think you're going to get some pushback from that. Um, all right, this one is uh, uh, often played in stores, and and it's been covered about six million times. Uh, Oh, this is saucy. This by the great Eartha Kitt. She is great. The yeah, the the saucy, you know, sexy Santa girl yeah, I don't know. in his suit, eating the the eating <laughs> saucily brushing the the crumbs from his beard yeah, exactly. and mustache. He's got that his Santa's bedroom eyes on. I, I don't. It's very I, gross. The imagery like that, is gross. Mixing that up, yeah. We understand that we're talking about not Santa, but yeah, yeah, it's just gross. So you, you're a thumbs down on that one. Yeah, don't don't sexualize Santa for me. All right, it's that's, an innocent. That's always thing. a good. That's always <laughs> good, that's a, good that's advice a, for that's this. That's a pull quote, Pastor. Oh, this this is gar- This is one of the worst songs ever. Oh, oh, he's oh, make it stop. Pastor Dave is actually physically make it stop. He's wincing. His eyes are squeezed tightly shut. So I'm assuming that is a... Uh, That's Paul McCartney, right? That is. I, I th- assume it's with wings. That, that synthesizer is just... Yeah, it's awful. All right. Uh, this one you will hear 700 million times before the season is over. So let's... Well, this is <laughs> in in our current you know cultural moment. This song is even it's always been creepy because of what is, he basically puts a roofie in a drink or something. No, it's it's from a movie with um, it's from a comedy with Ricardo Montalban, mm, the so great Ricardo Montalban, the late great 
uh, Corinthian leather bound uh, Ricardo Montalban. Uh, and in the movie, it's much more, it's very comic. So I'm not, I'm not saying it would still play in these modern times, but it is not. He doesn't in, slip a Mickey or No, a it is not in any way sinister. It is okay. a playful little thing. However, this has been, when I looked it up, it was done by, um, it was recovered by the Glee folks. It was covered by mm. like Justin Timberlake and somebody just recently or so. I don't know. So it's still, apparently it's got some cachet. I'm just going to say that probably my least favorite Christmas album, and I assume it exists, uh, would be the modern Christmas album put out by the Glee, the cast of Glee. How would you have heard this is my... I've never heard it, but... Oh, <laughs> wait. <laughs> Oh, you're saying that would be yes. That's like in my theory. That's my platonic ideal. Yes, of the, I agree. One hundred percent. Of a nightmare Christmas album. I agree. I'm a gleek. You know, I consider myself a gleek, Mike. Oh, I'm gonna just move on from that. I can't even take. I can't even look you in the eyes after you say that. Uh, this one also, you will hear seven hundred trillion times before the season is over. So get used to it. Oh, he's rocking out to this one. I think we found... Wow. Yeah, this is... Um... I mean... She made, apparently, just as a side note, she made like $60 million on this or something. And I'm assuming continues to pile on the cash. It's kind of a mo- probably like the modern one that's been added to the canon within the last... Yeah, it is, it is completely acceptable to play it at any time. It's not yeah. a great... It's not a great song. It does make a great. Uh, it's a, the in what's that movie? Love Actually. That's a great. I like that part of that. I like that movie. I, I like parts of that movie. Wait, 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 wait. This. Hold on a second. What? You can't let that slip by. You like Love Actually? Most of it, yeah. Oh, all right. Put that down as a topic for an entire podcast. Yeah. Uh, you'll have to do the podcast I mean, with someone a, else, however, because I no longer associate with you. you know, there's certain storylines that are I don't like, but the, the sweet... is, the, is that how you asked Amy to marry you with the cards on the front door? Yeah. What was the what did it say? Like, there's I, one that is much mocked of him. He was holding the yeah, cue like, cards. It's and... really funny, but the little boy. I mean, it's sort of like a. It's like a, there, I read, there was this article recently. I didn't read it, but I saw the headline, and so I'm just going to pretend like I know it. But it was talking about how love actually it's like a prophecy because that little British boy like meets the American girl and asks her like kisses her, asks her. It's just like Prince Harry meeting whoever the woman is. Markle, Meghan Markle is that woman? I don't. I, you lost me. Look, you, <laughs> you lost me the second you said. I'm a big fan of Love Actually, and it's my favorite movie ever. I never said it was my yeah, favorite movie ever. Roll the tape back. I'm pretty sure. Wow, uh, that, I'm stunned. I can barely run the controls, but let me try to play this one for you. This is a little, maybe less popular these days, but you'll hear it a lot. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't like this, these harmonies. They drive me crazy. But when uh, Bing, this is Bing, right? This is Bing with the Andrews sisters. When Bing comes in, his rich, his rich baritone. Well, can we get past the Andrews sisters? I, I intentionally left all of the Andrews sisters. Well, where's Bing? Well, I cut him out of the beginning, but I'm assuming he's coming in. <laughs> I'm waiting for Bing. No, you're not going to get any Bing. Sorry. It's kind of nice. What's the... Uh, wow, kind of a bended guitar. I assume it was a slack key guitar there. Yeah, it's know. got that great... Wow. So that one plus... Thumbs up. Yeah, for sure. Thumbs up. 
I'm, you're starting to irritate me now. This is just, this is bad. This is, I'm afraid this partnership is over. All right, this is all going to key on how you like this one. What is this? What? What is this? I've never heard this. Yes, you have. Well, why would there be snow in Africa on Christmas? Is this some, like, fundraiser song or something like that? Was this the original fundraising song? Did Bob Geldof have something to do with this? How do you know everything about this and then I've never heard it? I've never heard the song. (laughs) Yes, it's Band-Aid. Bob Geldof, it was, uh, you've got Sting, you've got uh, U2, Bono, you've got the... I thought the they did Duran, We Are the World. Duran. Uh, that was this came. We Are the World came after Band Aid. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. This was you. You've never heard this is played as much as every other song. No, I it's played. not. No, it's not. I've never heard that song before. What's it called? It's called Do They Know It's Christmas? Where? In Africa. Why? Because they don't. They don't have holidays in Africa. I don't, I don't. I didn't write the song. I don't. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Okay, why would there be snow in Africa? I mean, like I know it snows on Mount Kilimanjaro, but the I well, think the much the, the funniest lyric in it is in the chorus, and it goes, "Do they know it's Christmas time at all?" I was like, "Yeah, we know a little bit that it's Christmas." <laughs> what do you mean at all? <laughs> Either do or you don't. The much. Um, I, we. I, I feel like we've talked about this. I don't know if it's on the pod or off the air, but just how band aid like the. It was just not. It was. It didn't accomplish its goals, unless its oh, goal quite was the opposite. Like, like empowering dictators. Yes. Uh, all right, just a couple more, and then we'll uh, then we'll vote on it. Um, speaking of the Andrews sisters, here we go. This one you might I don't know. How would you like to spend Christmas on Christmas no, never, never heard, heard it. No. It's on a lot of compilations. Um, the thing I'll note about this is on a personal note, it was on a compilation when our kids were little and my uh, my oldest son would spring out of bed upon hearing it and like rip it out of the DVD or the CD. Like, no, no, like a little kid. He hated it that much? <laughs> so that's why I included Well, That was a little tribute to him. Does he listen to the pod? Uh, I very much doubt it. <laughs> my kids are not big fans of me. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but I don't think he has the time. Um, is that it? Uh, let's see. We did uh, Mariah. We did Band-Aid. We did Wham. Uh, we did Simply Having. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, so put in your vote, Pastor. Um, do you want me to run them down again? Well, what's that? Uh, uh, well, let's do you just... Have a no- do you have a nominee from I have a nominee field? I want oh, okay. to throw in All right. As a great like alternative. Okay, well, you pull it up. I'll just read for everyone else. It was Christmas Island, Santa Baby, Hippo for Christmas, Baby, It's Cold Outside. Am Mel- I going to like hold up my phone to the mic? Meli Kaliki Maki. We can plug... I'll plug it in. I'll give it to you right now. Yeah, let's plug Here, it in. Here, you plug it in while I'm... Uh, there you go. Can you can you mute it so I don't hurt people's it's ears? It's muted. Okay. It's muted. Tell me when to pull it up. We're going right into the board live right now, All right, people. guys, this is happening. Mike, All right, you ready? I think it's coming. Okay, it's coming. I'm keeping it low until I hear what you got. Oh, well, this is nice. It's very... What is this? You recognize it? No. That bass just walking that You don't recognize it? I recognize the song, but who's doing this? Are we going to get to singing? We just got to let it flow. 
points <laughs> if you already know it. I don't. It takes what? a while. Look at this. Kind is, of, what is this? It is the song Christmas Rapping by The Waitresses. Oh, I don't think I know this. This really? is from like the 80s, I assume. Oh, yeah. This is totally from the 80s. This is one of my favorite alternative Christmas songs. What the heck That's a they, great song. What are they saying? That's just uh, telling a story. It's talking about meeting a guy. We didn't connect. The waitresses, it wasn't a very advanced songwriting style, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. All right, Mike. So that's my contribution to uh, the great alternative Christmas song. All right. Well, I can't say that I hate that as much as any on this list. See, good. I pre-selected everything. So, um... I'm going to throw my hand in for hippopotamus. That just, like, my teeth on edge, I can't... I'm, I'm never happy hearing simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Like, my day is worse for, the, for it, but I can get over it. Whereas hippopotamus, the earwormness of it will sort of infect, and you'll find yourself sort of slightly humming it, and then someone else in the room will pick it up, and mm-hmm. then it's, you're stuck with it for days. So I, I loathe it. I'm going to put... Uh, yeah, I'm going to put simply having... All right. Paul McCartney. It's a, just it it's it's just the worst. The uh one we actually we did miss one. The um what's the John Lennon one? Oh, I don't so know. So this is Christmas. Oh, with the chorus with yeah. the children anytime there's Can a children's chorus. That's the, oh, actually that's the worst. The Yoko is probably Yoko's. The yeah, the Yoko part. Yeah. That's easily Yoko singing on that song is my like that is the worst singing on any popular song in the history of music. You even worse than anything Linda did, Linda yes. McCartney. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That is bold stuff. When she, when Yoko starts going, and we wish you all that. Oh my, you just go like, <laughs> oh my god. Well, I have a surprise for you. We're going to close down the show, and then I'm going to tag this post with a Yoko song that I know, and that's how we're going to. That's going to be our Christmas send off to everyone here. Is a Yoko. Uh, at a museum in New York about uh, 15 years ago, I think. It's a great performance, and I can't wait to share it with you. And I wish everyone out there a Merry Christmas. Do you do you join me in this, Pastor, or are you bah what, humbug? Whatever you celebrate, Christmas, Mithras, um, if, uh, Festivus, you know, a happy one to you and yours. I hope you gather around the fire, listen to this podcast, talk about your favorite um, Christmas songs or your least favorite ones, and, and I hope it brings you um, joy. Peace, comfort, and joy. That's a a great message. And now we leave you with the dulcet tones of Yoko Ono. Merry Christmas from the Like Trees Walking family to yours. To yours. (laughs) To you and yours or yours? I don't know. What a great end. So long, everyone. We'll see you again on Like Trees Walking. Folks, we, we couldn't leave you. We couldn't leave you. What is this? If, if you think I'm faking you out, please look it up. Yoko Ono screaming at art show on, uh, on YouTube.
There's a crowd of adoring people standing by. <laughs> she does this. This is, this is why ISIS hates us. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. And it goes on like that. And so now uh, I, I can't leave you like that. I'm going to put a nice Christmas song on the tag of this to go out. So long, everyone. Sorry about this. <laughs> <laughs>